to the very first premiere inaugural episode of Turn the Page. We're here to talk a lot about comics. Kind of have a coffee talk set up going on for us here, but uh, mostly we want to talk about comics. We talk about comic book history, artists, writers, uh, of course, for all those true believers out there, we're going to bring up Stanley probably more than once and a lot. Um, me personally, I think he deserves a Nobel Peace Prize posthumous. Uh, if you believe in that as well, you should like, subscribe, and share your opinions on it. Uh, my name is Tony Stevens. I'm going to basically be the chairman of this here kind of show. And uh, to my left here, this is John McClay. How do you do? Uh, artist extraordinaire, filmographer, uh, editor, chief brain. Yeah, okay. I'll beard, take it. Beard guy? I'll take it. Beard guy, and I'll take Chief Brain. Yeah. He's the Keanu Reeves of our group. Uh, I look at him as sex appeal. You're the Tony so, Stark. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm star power, man. Star power all the way. And to my right here, more importantly, is Ronnie Shanks. Hello. Uh, the adorable sidekick. Um, he's here because he knows a lot of things about a lot of things that you may think you know about, but absolutely don't. And hopefully we can start clearing up some of those topics over time. We can start uh, informing people about comic books and um, what stories came from before they hit the movies, the big screens, and turn it into what we've seen them become. And sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes forgettable. Uh, but before we do that, I want to get a little bit into just who we are, how we kind of got attached to this very specific field of entertainment and literature. Because uh, I, I really view it that way. You know, growing up, for me personally, I grew up here in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and very intelligent older sisters come from very uh, intelligent people. Uh, teachers and musicians, uh, officers in the military. So uh, there was a lot of things for me where I felt maybe I should read these big books that they had, you know, sitting up on the shelf until I got a little older and realized none of them actually read War and Peace. It's just there as a bookend. Oh, yeah. It just holds the other books yeah. up. Um, and honestly, personally, yeah, exactly, exactly. And my dad, actually, when I was growing up, there was a laundry room back behind the kitchen. And there were all the boxes. And I would sneak into the laundry room and open the boxes. And right there, I remember laying right on top was an uncanny X-Men issue, and it had Wolverine. And he was laying down, he's got all these wires and stuff going into him, and it's like a red paneled uh, cover. And I can't remember specifically which issue it was, but it's I remember it. It was the one where the Reavers are hunting him down, and the power pack has to help him survive being attacked by the Reavers and Lady Deathstrike. And it was a great one-off issue that had no setup to it, and it had no follow-through after except to let you know that these were the Reavers, he was being hunted in New York, and he went wild when they pushed him. It was great to like jump into. Yeah, it was just, it was my first little taste. Yeah. You know, those were the little things that I would get to see, and it was almost like a hidden thing. You know, it's, it's hidden in the back room, you can't really talk about it. Bad, but man, I would just go be in the laundry room for hours on end, just looking at the covers, not touching them. My dad had very specific rules about wearing gloves, you can't put oils on the pages, all that stuff. So he collected comics. Oh, yeah, big time. See, no one in my family collected comics. 
my, uh, I was aware of them. Uh, I think it was other media that introduced me to comics. Uh, like, so I was, I was like eight, I was being the Ninja Turtles, as were all eight-year-olds. And, uh, and so I was into the cartoon. Um, and uh, I was unaware of where they came from. came from a comic book. Um, and that's what got me aware of things like uh, comics. And I picked up, I didn't even pick up the real ones because I didn't know anything. I picked up the Archie uh, Ninja Turtles based on the cartoon. Right, not the actual. Like it's that. come full circle, you know. <laughs> not the release minute layered stuff, the actual just like, oh, this was yeah. the, uh, the episode you watched. Yeah, it's the Archie, uh, yeah, basically, like just kind of like these, this, the colored bands. Uh, but uh, I, through that, like once I was aware of comics, like I started kind of, I guess, part of my brain kept a lookout and uh, was more aware of superheroes and stuff. And then I saw a comic book with what appeared to be all the superheroes. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, this sounds like a good uh, book to get into comic books with. Um, and I had this uh, big fist on the cover. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, little lines going everywhere and everywhere cut, like there'd be a different like kind of section of uh, what would be the Marvel Universe. Right. And uh, I saw like all, the, I saw people I knew, I saw people I didn't know. Um, and it made me, it piqued my interest. And so I opened it up, you know, in just the first few pages, Thanos and what appeared to be the devil, you know, right off the bat, I'm into it. And then like, you know, uh, the premise in the first few pages hooked me. And that's basically what got me. That's a pretty big astrophysical yeah. concept too, just in that issue. Oh yeah, first yeah. Few issues I think that was maybe, I want to say it was like 11. Right, sure. everybody else is reading yeah, like Kill Rockenberg. I don't think Boo Radley was teaching this stuff quantum physics or no. Well, I mean, it's very like uh, philosophical, like uh, at least for like you know a ten-year-old, uh, the idea of becoming a god, right? You know, right. Having yeah. godlike powers. Um, but yeah, like it, that got me into it, and so like since then I've been aware of comic books, and it's just kind of built on it. And I was into art, so that's also I was right. into art prior to that, uh, which is strange. I never got into comic books. But uh, it just kind of veered the type of stuff I did in that direction. See, that was a big thing for me uh, personally. I know as a kid, I really loved art. I loved drawing. I loved making up things. And a lot of times, there was a comic uh, magazine that came out. It was called Wizard. Oh, yeah. I loved Wizard. I always wanted to have Wizard because I get all these images. Uh, news releases, things that I may not have been the art, in, the oh, art alone, yeah. and it was great because it would inspire whatever I was doing, and I would sit there and I'd draw, and I'd keep on trying to perfect that little art form, That's and right. so for the longest time, I didn't even really read that much, I was just like, flip, 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 good panel, flip, 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 excellent pose, good shading, uh, John Byrne, oh my god, hello, can you be my godfather, uh, <laughs> things like that. Uh, so it wasn't until later that I started piecing things together and then putting stories together and then really getting interested in the writers too. And from your viewpoint, because you know, I, mm -hmm. I know that you went, you got a degree a lot focusing in English and in writing. Right. Uh, so I, I find it funny, I've actually got an artist here and a writer and uh, I'd, I'd like to see what really sucked you in first on comic books, what got your goat on it. Well, um, that basically have to be my older brother. Mm -hmm. 
He was already, in, he's 13 years older than I am. Uh, he helps uh, raise me and stuff like that with, you know, my mom and dad. Um, dad is a truck driver, so he's gone all the time. And I never got, I don't know any nursery rhymes because he read me comics. It's like someone's like, if this literally happened in school, they're like, yeah. so what nursery rhyme do you know? Superman, panic in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Look, a bird, plane. Yeah. Crisis on infinite earths. Yeah. It's just, man, I've been a fan since way back when. <coughs> and it just like from there, and then you had Batman the Animated Series, X-Men Animated Series, and, and the the early 90s. Yeah, the early 90s. Oh my god, just all animation from there. And even the stuff that didn't make it, like the CBS X-Men special. Uh, Pride of the X-Men. Yeah, Pride, yeah, with Australian Wolverine. Australian Wolverine, loved it. <laughs> Crikey! Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, it's great. It's still on VHS. <laughs> uh, I'll have to break out my VCR. Is it like a completely different production? Yeah, it's, it's uh, so much better, it I is. think. Yeah, the animation is superb because same, it's from... Same period? Like well, but it's based on the actual, like the actual art, the, the look and appeal of each of the characters is very much so the original Chris Claremont run yeah. of the Uncanny X-Men. Like, so Cyclops has the full blue uh, get up. It's not the 90s revamp. It's like the original X-Men. Yeah. And this is Kitty Pride first being introduced into the team and the hijinks that followed and sued. Uh, but it's just the one episode. It's just, just one, one, like, what was it, like 45 an hour? Uh, something like that. Like yeah. Okay. And it started out with like a theme song X Men, X Men, save the day. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like the. the, the a lovely singing voice. I don't think. Yeah. Not many people say that to me. They don't have. Just the ones I date and you. Oh. I guess we're dating now. No. Uh, <laughs> you'll have to break up with the producer because that's the only way you got on this show. <laughs> no, but anyway, yeah, it was a great. Uh, somebody actually asked me earlier today why I would still have something as archaic as VCR, and I told her, I said, yeah, of course I have a VCR. What about my VHS tapes? Go get them on DVD. Things like that. You know, we don't should like, digitize those for you. We should do that just in case something happens. I feel like this just opened up a new segue into our relationship. We we, we can't digitize my old. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Because of what? But I'd like to be able to keep it. Your PCR has HDMI out, right? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Okay. It'll I, be easy. I, I'm going to make a believer of myself in the fact that I know what that means. But yeah, it's like on top of that as well, it's like, I mean, my brother also collected action figures, and this is a story I haven't really told anyone yet. Mm -hmm. I actually got in trouble from him. <laughs> He left one day, and all those action figures were hanging on the wall, still in their packages. Oh, no. All the ones within reach? Yeah. He came home, and they were open. And my mom opened the door first. She was like, oh, my god. Yeah. So no one knows it was you? No, no, he knows. Oh, yeah. My brother, when he came home, he was just like, you need to leave the room. Just, I love you so much, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah, he's like, I need you to leave. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I felt so bad for that. And yes, I do open all my action figures. I do, yeah, to the day. <laughs> I had action figures. But, but yeah, I, I feel like you'd be into it if you. If you I mean, I, I, I uh, a just little bit. My little, like, obviously, uh, I like. That's like, with anything like that. Yeah. And 
Um, I like posing them. I like doing things with it. It's like it, to me, it's almost like making that artistic picture and getting it to do what I want it to do, so I can have it for that picture. Well, my mind, you know. Yeah, you could use that as artistic reference. Right. I could do that too, but it's almost like I get a sense of completion once I've done it. Like I, whatever I have boiling in here, oh, yeah, yeah. it gives me that kind of that release that I need to say, okay, art's been made. <laughs> It's been funny. I've made a meme. I've sent it out to everyone I know. Some of them chuckled. Some of them forgot to like. Some of them will get my message later telling me you wasted my time today. I thought I would entertained you. And apparently yeah, I, I, have that, I have that problem uh, where, where I like want to do something. I have an idea for something. Um, and then I tell somebody, hey, this is my idea. And what do you think? And they're like, oh, that sounds amazing. You're a genius. I'm like, oh, thank you. And that was that was enough. That was enough. That was I don't have to do it. Well, yeah, I don't even have to do it. I, I got all the all the yeah. Yeah. congratulations. So, like, I can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, but actually, at the same time, it keeps me from doing a lot of things that would be very interesting uh, to do. Maybe if we had less friends. Yeah. We'd be more or if people were dicks to us or something like that. Yeah. PG thirteen. <laughs> something like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Sporting yeah. dicks. Sporting goods. <laughs> <laughs> Shot for all things you need. Baseball loves to shotguns. Thank you. Welcome to the South. Um, no, yeah, don't be so like congratulatory of your friends. Yeah, don't uh, tell them they're great. Well, don't don't tell them. Not like, they're done. Don't tell them they're like no good. If they're an artist, like don't say like you know uh, you might as well quit now. Uh, don't tell them they, they suck or anything like that. But uh, don't just give them empty praise. Right. Yes. Like, no. Don't this is for you, mom. No. Yeah. No, no, moms. Moms give empty praise. That's what they're there That's for. That's what they're there for. Yeah. A lot of people talk about that nowadays. This, uh, they, they, they like to say with the generational gaps that are going on, which you know, you and I are. Old. I, I guess you're a little bit older than me. I'm mid-range, and you're a little younger than me. Yeah. Uh, but they, they say that the parents raised them all on these empty congratulations, you're great, you're special, you're unique, you don't have to conform to anything. And sometimes I kind of wish uh, my parents had been like, you're not so great. Uh, maybe if you tried a little harder, I'd give you more love. Um, and by now I'd actually be done with my graphic novel, prose, whatever, you know, that I've been moving on to. Mark Miller, watch out, I'm coming. Um, you know. Uh, Actually, we do have questions open, so I want to see if we can go towards uh, the computer and see if this is that's my questions. specific question. Actually, oh, okay. Kind of, have any of you actually? You mentioned uh, your own graphic novel. Have any of you actually actually tried to make your own? I mean, obviously nothing printed or anything, but right. just made something just to on your own. To complete a story. Line. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to. I'm, I'm prepping myself for it. Uh, the first one I actually did, I was seven years old, and it was the Ninja Turtles uh, versus a giant. Uh, it was about, like a one shot. It was a. It was very much so a one shot. But I, I was uh, completely set on the fact that most of the comic books I had, if you took all the ads out of it, was about 22 pages. So if you're going to make a story, it had to be 22 pages. And you could only have one or two full screenshots. So everything else had to be break, broken down into a Unless it's the 90s. If you, if you, oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. Like, freaking half, half of it are splash pages. Yeah. You only got so much of a story, really. It's like Wolverine woke up and said, Good morning, bud. That's all that happened in the 
issues. But no, so yeah, I did a 22 page uh, Ninja Turtles versus the Giant. The Giant was. Um, you have a lot of original characters. I do, I do actually, yeah. I was very intent on the fact that you couldn't plagiarize or steal people, because I was obsessed with those little symbols, the little copyright symbol and the TN trade You know how to copyright something? All you have to do is I write, that, write that little symbol and yeah. publish it. And that's, yeah, that's what I do. Oh, yeah. that's, I always write it on there for all my individual creations. So it's like Marvel tries to use your character. Yeah, hey dude, it. right there, I dated this. That's an ink, man. You can't erase it. Um, I was told, like, um, you know, if you're gonna submit your work to a comic book uh, company for review, like, you know, to be hired, to not submit your review. original character. Right, always do it in their character. It's kind of like when you show up for a job interview, wear the colors of that employer. So, you know, how Best Buy has blue. They wear the blue polo. Oh, really? Like like so you show up in their colors so that they can already picture you in their yeah. uniform. You're already like that step closer. Hmm. So if you're sending something to Marvel, don't send them your own personal Green Lantern comic. Send them their own Marvel characters. Yeah. They want to see what you can do with their stuff. Right. And uh, in regards to your own stuff, like you have your own character, the way I think it was Todd McFarlane was talking about this, um, you know. DC or Marvel, they don't know what that particular character that you've invented looks like, a good rendition of him looks like. Right? That's the because he's the original character. Like, there's no other example of them other than the example you've given. So he could be a perfect rendition of him. Um, they want to see uh, your version of Batman, uh, your version of uh, Fantastic Four, because they know what that's supposed to look like. And if it doesn't mesh, with the way they want it to look, then they're not gonna hire you. Right, uh, exactly. Well, because I mean, working for the industry like that, and it can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, just from the experience your brothers had and everything, but they want you to be able to be a printer, a copy printer, almost. Well, it's like, like the Marvel. If you're drawing me this thing, I want them this shape, I want them orange, I want them with those little octo octagon uh, pebbles in him. I don't want this new, jagged, rocky looking, whether it looks cool or not. I don't want this new version of the thing. I want the thing. Yeah. I want yeah, the other one of the white thing. Yeah, there's usually like some kind of unless cookies in this, unless, unless it's like a, you know, your offshoots, like your Elseworlds or Ultimate you know, Comics. Ultimate Comics, uh, the, was it the DC Earth One stuff? It's or your Marvel Comics. Good Lord. And they just like whatever you want. Right. Key, <laughs> showcase. You know. Exactly. Yeah, if you're yeah. like uh, that. Uh, but yeah, like I, I do think that, I mean, their editors are like, no, this is the direction we're going, this is how it has to look. Um, and it's this way in uh, pretty much every medium. Uh, like, you just can't do your own thing as an artist. You have to work within, like, it's, it's, a, it's a community coming together to build this thing that no individual could do. Well, now, except for this was one thing I really loved. I was a very short child, so I couldn't that top shelf at the comic book store that had Vertigo, but the DC imprint Vertigo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, when they were coming out with things there, uh, especially anything by Neil Gaiman. Oh, my God. Sam Yes, that was so good. So Those cool. kind of collaborations were always so great. Cool. Like uh, Neil Gaiman and um, Dave McKean. Right. Uh, Sandman stuff. I mean, you also have the Lenny and Bernie Wrights and Swamp Thing stuff. Swamp Thing, it was really out there. It was so strange. But again, like you were saying before, this is my rendition of my character. 
So when he started bringing to the forefront different things, especially his work on within the Sandman series, there's Lucifer. And I love the Lucifer character. Mm -hmm. The way he presented him, the way he did it. And it was going to his hell was very unique. It was a lot like how Todd McFarlane's hell looked when he was doing the Spawn you think there was influence at all? I'm not entirely sure. I don't think that Neil Gaiman was ever influenced by anyone but his own. I was thinking the other way around. Oh, maybe. I don't remember exactly the timing. Well, there was a lot of lawsuits between the two of them, so I don't. I I think they're at peace now. Yeah. I don't want to get started up again because I know the top of the is going to watch our show. <laughs> he really is. I hope you do. Big fan, big believer. Um, Love your shot, man. I, I just love Todd McFarlane. I think that he's just great. He's a businessman. That's, yeah. that's the first and foremost what's great about him. He's a businessman. I recommend jumping by a shop in Phoenix, too. It's really cool. Yeah? Yeah, you got yeah, like their own <clears throat> studio. They also have like a little shop there. I think it's still there. I'm not sure. Uh, but Todd McFarlane has a comic book shop. Well, it wasn't like really a comic shop, but it had like a, it's where the studio was, uh, like in Phoenix. <clears throat> and they also have. You can buy like the spawn figures and stuff like that there too. I actually have like a little trading card deck set at the house I got from that. Wow. It's really cool. Things you don't know. See, I figured I would have to go to Toronto or something to find McFarland World. Thanks. I really do. I mean, I think that was what was so great for me when I was young about him. <clears throat> 92, started getting into spawn, started collecting these things, the comic books, and then all of a sudden, without a TV show, without a movie, Guess what he has? Action figure toy line. Mm -hmm. And it's his own production. So he can do whatever he wanted. I could have an action figure that had his face peel off? Are you kidding me? I can call up my grandma, sweet little lady, uh, and say, Grandma, this is exactly what I want for Christmas. Give out lists. And by the end of the Christmas day, which is supposed to be a bright, cheery, beautiful holiday. I have so many undead zombies, demons, spawn figures, chains, <laughs> spikes, skulls. It's like, I'm in heaven. I don't know about you guys, but that was great for me. I loved all that sort of stuff. But the fact that this guy had Spider-Man under his belt, he had Batman under his belt, and then he goes over here and basically makes the Spider-Bat spawn, yeah. and then makes his own toy line, and then eventually, of course, he had his own movie come out. John Leguizamo is a clown. I still find hilarious to the day. You just got my own agent no, there, man. I think that was great. I like John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo was really awesome. awesome. I, uh, I always wondered yeah, if it was just the uh, timing. Uh, McFarlane just was right place, right time, or if like things were fundamentally shifting, uh, or if like he actually influenced uh, the toy market. So. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, nowadays, a lot of the toy market, there's a whole section just for adults buying. Like, oh, yeah. Childhood. Oh, adult toys. Yeah. The, the boxes started to say, I think that Tom McFarland did that. Yeah. I really do. Mm -hmm. Because he had lines. I mean, first he was releasing yes. some. They were like, okay, go ahead, get them off the shelf. Kid plays with it. It's great. There was even a commercial on TV, I remember, a little toy spot. There's a kid playing with these. Horrific <laughs> it's like, that's amazing. You remember the first line of toys? So, like, there's different, before, like, McFarlane Toys, like, started to, like, dip their toys in, like, black ink, there was these, like, really kind of plasticky, colorful yeah. versions. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I love those. Like, they were great. I, I had a lot of them. I had a lot of them. 
I still have a whole bunch of spawn stuff. Just well, because I, he is a huge I'm kind of curious about the transition between those. I'm sure that he actually, Tom McFarland, if you see this, once you see this, actually, not him, but when, uh, we would really be interested in you releasing a documentary video on your entire endeavor into the toy industry. Uh, actually, if Netflix could hire uh, some more writers and cinematographers to continue their show, the toys that made the us. The toys that made us. That was a great little series. It could be like a great McFarlane special. It could be a special version, like, you know, special. The, the McFarlane that made us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it. You went from Spawn, which I still have the medieval Spawn. Oh, yeah. I have that still in the package. I have one of it open. Left that one pristine. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, he went from that, and did you hear what happened this year? He got the license to start doing DC. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't hear about that. that so, so McFarland Toys is making DC. He'll be doing a lot of their, uh, what they originally used to call DC Direct, which was their nothing but adult collectors. Getting so he's going to be doing more stuff like, like this guy? Or, or, well, probably something like that. More like the Deadpool. Right, proposable. Is he supposed to be in uh, Professor X's channel like that? In my world? He is. So what? So where is Professor Xavier? Uh, Wouldn't you like to know? Uh, <laughs> some people. Actually, somebody asked me because I had a few different pictures that I posted. Uh, one where he's sitting in that chair, and one where he's sitting in the big yellow 1990 yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I remember. And my cousin, uh, my cousin Michael, he, he messaged me and he said, "Look, I've got two questions." I said, "Shoot, I'm always open with you." And he's like, uh, "Did the Deadpool's come with the chairs?" And if not, what happened to Charlie? <laughs> and I said, you don't want to know what Wade did to him. And uh, leave it at that. Uh, I like this thought that the Deadpool might have come with the chair. I like yeah, that. yeah. Like somebody <laughs> yeah, thought that through enough. I, I would have done that. I mean, if I was on the Oh, yeah. If I, saw, like, if I saw Deadpool sitting on a chair like that, just like that, in molded plastic, you know, sitting on a shelf, I'd be like, I'd be curious. It makes sense. Yeah. It's like, okay. No, it wouldn't make sense to me. It would I, make, I would I, have to like look on the back to see why it's sitting in Nick Saber. Well, I'll think about like, uh, what was that? Dead there was like a little comic book that came with it? Yeah. The second one? Yeah. Where he's was... rolling around the house in the wheelchair. <laughs> I think that's kind of initially what inspired me. Oh, I gotcha. And then from there, uh, you know, a lot of these things come with vehicles or whatnot. Logan had a big motorcycle. So it just became an issue of what can Deadpool take? from everyone else. That's perfect. He kind of runs rampant throughout my collection, just taking things from people and making whatever he wants his. Did you ever read the comic books that came with the toys? I did. Yes. I They're to like little book. tiny. Yeah, like no, little actually, yeah. Like that. There was actually a little combat series. I feel like they had the little comic with it too. Um, back in the day. I didn't get any of those. Not sure if they had the comics or not. Um, but there were more combat comics. Yeah, there were, like, there were so many different things back then. They had the, oh my god, that, oh, the animation, that was terrible. Yeah, old uh, Mortal Kombat VHS tape, like Defenders of the Realm or something like that. Yeah. And so it was like, all, like I know um, they tried to do Mortal Kombat the style of the uh, 60s Marvel cartoons, like Incredible Hulk. Right. It, did not go well, but the CG animation and stuff that they did between Sub Zero and versus Scorpion was fun. Yeah, it was a real weird mix yeah. of like animation styles and 
It wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. It's like, still fun. I'd, I'd probably still watch it again. Speaking of a movie, yeah, though, that was a great movie when that came out. Oh, God, yeah. Mortal Kombat, the first one, just talking about the first one, but you know, everybody's sitting in the movie theater and all of a sudden it's that. And it's like, oh, Mortal Kombat? And then, like, Scorpion in that movie, I, I don't even know if he was an actor. I don't even think anybody cared if it was an actor. You know, nowadays, yes. like, who's going to play my Wolverine? Well, I'll tell you, he can't be my Wolverine. There's only one Wolverine, and nobody else can do it. And I'll tell you that, Jack. Nobody cared who that was. They yeah. just thought it was awesome to see Scorpion on the screen. Chris Casamasa. But yeah. Okay, well, he knows. But you didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I guarantee the producer didn't know. Well, he had a computer. He could have looked it up. But I mean, wow. Now that's a fan. Like in Mortal Kombat, were they like actors or they hired like martial artists? Uh, yeah, more of a hired martial artist. Uh, so, I mean, like right now they're not really in things. Or sometimes you might see them in things. Uh, they were on like on Disney Channel or Cartoon Network. Can't remember. Mm -hmm. Some kind of like live action martial arts. Power Rangers? Rangers? No, it was not Power Rangers. Okay. I, I have no idea what it was. I, the name escapes me. But uh, they're mostly like choreographers and stuff like that. And this, I bet y'all didn't know, in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the stunt double for Raiden was Ray Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah Toad. Darth Maul. Darth Maul, yeah. if you want, whatever you want to call him. I call him Toad. You can call him Toad. Yeah, he was Toad. Yeah, he was Toad. Yeah. He was Darth Maul. He was pretty much oh, everybody. He was also the uh, Headless Horseman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean before Christopher Walken got his head back? Huh? No, he, he yeah. did the stunt uh, version. Right, he was the stunt guy, yeah. but then Christopher Walken. Right, we're talking about the yeah. same one. The headless one. Yeah, right. the headless he doesn't really get to talk, yeah. which is bad because I really wanted him to. Yeah. Like, Whoa, where you going? I've got my head back. Let's go potty. That's all I wanted to do. You could overdub him. You should go back and do that. I'm going to. Like, look, we'll just be... whenever he turns his head and you can't see his lips move. Right, the teeth are just like. Hey, yeah, it's so like you can say something. Hey, where you going? You do like a deep fake version of it where you just make him do whatever you want. Right. Seth Green should get involved in this. Uh, Robot Chicken should give Christopher Walken a whole dialogue for the Headless Horseman. Please do that. Thank you. Mila Kunis, if you need to get that message to him, please do so. Ashton Kutcher can write him. Whatever we need to do. Seth Green, pay attention. Um, but honestly, and I think I know what you, you kind of already touched base on this, but I want to get back to a point of what was for you, a defining comic book storyline? Uh, the the one thing that maybe is just ingrained in your mind or in your heart for probably the rest of your life, and you're getting towards the end of it uh, with how old you are. Well, you were in Bob, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like, what was, what was a big defining story that just kind of imprinted into you? Um, this is comics. This is, this is I what mean, I mean, it's going to have to be... Uh, Gone with because that was when I was so young. Right, know, impressionable. It was my or, first kind of experience with a comic. Oh, uh, we appear to have a question. No, no, I'm not telling you we got the 30 minute mark. Oh, we got the 30 minute mark. We're at 30 minutes, and they didn't think we could uh, put up with you. I didn't think that I could put up with me. <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> um, but no, so, okay, so for mm -hmm. him, Infinity Gauntlet, which is a great one, I really do like that one. I remember the, the, the cover. 
I remember flipping yeah. through the first issue and it was like people disappeared. I didn't know that I didn't know people, people could come back. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like things were gone to me at that time. That was it. They mm -hmm. destroyed comic books at that time. It's, it's cliche now. I think. yeah, it is. It's but like, I mean, that's that was my first foray into the comic book uh, universe, uh, right. Marvel in particular. Like when Batman's back was broken. That's it. Whoever this John Con Valley guy is, uh, yeah, on yeah. I thought that, that that's was it. it forever. Yeah. Like Bruce Wayne's done. That was my dad's oh, Batman. Superman man, died. Yeah. I guess he's dead now. Definitely. Um, never coming back. So for you, what do you think would just be the epitome of what, like he said, what was making that engraved for, uh, impression on you out of comic books? What, what What's the first thing that comes to your mind? <laughs> well, just just what, what what seems the most well, which was the first yeah the first the first one it's kind of like the, the first, first love oh. the, um, I, I lean forward for this like the first one like really was I guess it made an impression on me it's like well yes uh, Panic in the Sky was read to me mm -hmm. I still hardly can recall it uh, but the one that made like a really big impression on me when I was little was Crisis on Infinite Earths and like the anti monitor and everybody. Oh, Barry so, Allen. I'm yeah, not Barry Allen. Right yeah. And then um, I was just like, wow, it's like, you know, this is where Wally came in. And even though I grew up when Wally was the Flash, Barry Allen was still my favorite because of that and the 90s TV show. But, oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. It's like that was But I was still really young then, so it's like, it's like, it's okay. I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. And then the death of Superman happened, which I really started getting me in there. I was getting all the Superman figures and stuff like that. And Doomsday, man, I have, I'm on running down that Superman Doomsday two pack everywhere. So oh, man. To listen to you talk about it, I'm starting to get flashbacks of like other comic book experiences yeah. in my youth. Like I remember this cover to Crisis, um, mm -hmm. and it's just ingrained. Um, and then there was uh, Death of the Family. I I completely yeah. forgotten. Did they killed Robin. He's just holding him. But there was a call in. Of he came back later. Oh, way later. Yeah, but that was later. back in the days where things stayed dead. He was supposed to yeah. have been dead forever. Like but the, did y'all know that it's like uh, people, they had a vote. That's what I'm talking about. It was the call in issue. Whether yeah. it was the Joker or whether it was going to be Robin. No, I think they knew. No, Robin, Robin was. Yeah, they said, they said, what do you want? And oh, so really? they had it. They had a, uh, like a 1-800 number. You yeah, call in. You let us know. We're going to either keep this Robin or kill him. And everybody said, kill, kill him. him. It that's, so that's why when he comes back in that issue, yeah. he's he's mad in a dead pool breaking the fourth wall sense. Everybody liked him. Yeah. Nobody liked me. Oh, Dick Grayson's so amazing. He is. Yeah. Yeah. But Red Hood, to me, is great. Now, Jason Todd as Robin, wasn't. But Red Hood as a character, love it. Yeah. Love it. So sometimes you need that tragedy to make things work. And I know what you're coming from because mm -hmm. for me, I remember it was, it was third grade. Mm -hmm. And the issue had been released with the bleeding Superman symbol. Mm -hmm. And that. And the black cover? Oh, yeah. The bag? Yeah. Don't open it, it's going to be worth money. Yeah, everybody, you got to get yeah. one and then read one. Um, when I opened it and looked at it, read it, put it back. Try to seal it back. <laughs> super glue. Yeah, I think I use super glue. Because <laughs> uh, in our minds that works. Yeah, it did it work. Does. It did yeah. work. Don't um, super glue those bags back together. No, but yeah, that came out, and I had a buddy named David. He came to school. Yeah, heat seal it. 
He was the super cool guy. He had the skull earring, mm -hmm. you know, that stuff. It's like, oh, you're so cool for being in third grade. Um, but he came with that issue. And man, all of us were blown away. We were on like the verge of tears in school, like uh, Superman's dead. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this or not. And then for two weeks after that, and this isn't the first or last time this happened, but I wore a three-piece suit to school for weeks. <laughs> weeks. I was in the morning. I was a little bit older when that happened, so I didn't like weep. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I guess I could have been older, and maybe I still would have done it. Um, the first time I did it, I thought I was James Bond Jr. I did wear the suit, though. The second I time, I did it. Yeah. But it had to be a three Wasn't there like an armband you could wear? Well, Wait, did it come with the bag? What? There's stuff in the bag. There was stuff in the bag. I cannot remember directly. Sean, can you look up that. and see what we had that, that were uh, the special editions of the Death of Superman? What, like what came in the black bag? Yeah. Because I know that it was more than just a comic book. It was. And the bag was more like hollow foils and stuff like that. Cards? Was there like Cards? Sure. Everything was I mean, I feel like there was a huge marketing push for all that stuff. I remember everybody in the comics was wearing an armband, but I kind of yeah. feel like there was one. I feel like there was an armband in If there the wasn't, I feel like we should have one now. Yeah. Sorry, uh, special editions, Death of Superman, what? It's like yeah. a black bag edition. It was a black yeah. bag edition. It came in a plastic bag already sealed. You weren't supposed to open it. But, uh, you weren't supposed to. Oh, man. You weren't supposed to. It's a comic book for you to read, kid. Well, it's like my dad got me this Batman, and he t I wanted the, the, the Adam West Batman mm -hmm. action figure. He had, like, the karate chop thing you could do. Oh, yeah. And so at the comic book shop, I cannot remember the name of it. When I was young, there used to be a Batman painted on the side of the building. So I knew when we were getting I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's on, uh, it was in Midtown or something. No, 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 no. It was near Frazier. Was it? Yeah. It was like when you were coming up on the side of the building was that giant gray and blue Batman painted right there on the and side. And there's of the an arcade in there too. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I love that place. My dad would take me there whenever he had me. We'd get it on the motorcycle. I think it was off Hollywood. Was it? I think so. It was over there. Crazy. I feel like that's a scary place to take me now, but uh, now it, it, it was great. So we got there, put that thing, reserved it, mm -hmm. and my dad, all I was supposed to do was get off work, go pick it up, because it was reserved. All yeah. I had to do was go get it. Now, my dad's great, but I don't think he got there in time. I feel like there's a butt coming after that. Yeah, because I didn't get the Adam West Batman. What I got instead was like a Mezco um, giant 1989 Michael Keaton Batman. Oh. That's right. Cool. That's so cool. no, it's really cool. Yeah. But I feel like he he was like, I didn't get that one because it got sold. But I'll get him something way better, so he can't complain, right? So he gives it to me, and he says, "No, son, there's one rule. Now you have to imagine my dad kind of sounds like the rooster from Looney Tunes, but very professional because he went to the stutters. No, it's just like, look here, son. Yeah. I want you to understand something. You you, you can't open." <laughs> and at the time I'm like six and then, uh, you've lost your mind you know but I, you know. I agreed I was like I'm never going to open it dad I swear <laughs> and so I put it under my bed and there it sat until he left mom was asleep I even checked on my sister kind of poke it because we have bunk beds yeah. you know maybe Freddy Krueger got her I didn't know 
that's when I got really good at sneaking around. My future in the Marine Corps was solidified by him telling me not to open that Batman toy. Because I got really good at sneaking, taking the tape and just peeling it up, taking it out, playing with it a little bit, and then it like back everything perfectly back the way it was. It's like Superman Black Pack. Take it out. Yeah. Reseal it. Reseal it. Heat seal it. Yeah. I did not do that with my brother's fans. He was just sad. Well, okay. uh, what do you got for us? You were asking about the black bag, or yeah. was it the black bag special edition? Correct. Mm -hmm. From uh, the, what I can see is it looks like, obviously, the comic, uh, it has like a fake newspaper. Oh, yeah, the, the oh, newspaper where he was announced as kind of yeah. 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 yeah, there's some kind of a silver, uh, it looks kind of like a tombstone, it says, here lies the greatest hero. Some kind of a card, it looks like. Card. Oh, those old Dooms fears. Yeah, it yeah. says Doomsday, the death of Superman trading card. Uh, like, were they all different, or did we all get the same card? I think we all got the same. So it's how are we going to trade them? You can't. Oh, like, I'll trade you my card for, oh, it's the exact same card. That's kind of like when, you remember when X-Men did the, um, the, the Magneto storyline. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the whole cards. The whole yeah. cards all over... And right now my brain's farting. Oh, are you talking about the comics uh, that had the like embedded? Oh, it was embedded. Okay. Yeah. But when, yeah. when it was coming out, I'm sitting there thinking, that card comes off, I can trade it. The card does not come off. No. <laughs> the card does not come off. There, there were two other things. There, were, there was uh, a th little sheet of stickers and the armband you were talking about. The armband, yeah. So, so we're in here. Yeah. 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 I said, so you may not come. But you know what? Everybody that was probably seen in public with the armband, the rest of the collectors were like, "You stupid! You opened the bag." Yeah, you you're just, not supposed to open the bag. You just blew your college education, yeah, it's kid. Going down the drain, Ron Freer, um, until Ronnie came along and bought it off eBay from yeah. them. Yeah. Or no, just reseal it, <laughs> put the stuff back in. Just put it back in. Nobody's gonna just care. I really don't even care if it was in the black bag. I'd probably still buy that stuff. Yeah. It's not yeah, yeah, I just. Nostalgia, you know, the things that are getting your I head. wonder if there, you know, there has to be still black bag editions. What occurred to me as a kid, um, after I figured I could just reseal it, I was like, what is sitting there with like a teapot, like, yeah. <laughs> after um, I took it out, I was looking at it, I was like, this is cool. And then it occurred to me, most people wouldn't reopen it and bought it. I was like, I don't have to put this comic back in. I could keep it. And put some Ninja Turtle comic in there. <laughs> and reseal it. He's oh got a comic book Ponzi scheme going on. Sell it There's this guy out there that's like, okay, I'm going to die in 48 hours. And this has been my prized possession yeah. my whole life. And I've always said, I'll never open it. I'll be buried with it. But today, today's that day. Archie <laughs> Comics? <laughs> Jughead? What? John McClane? Now it's Jughead meets the Ninja Turtle. <laughs> That's uh, very valuable. It's very valuable. Speaking of which, you know, I was just walking through the store the other day and I saw that they had this DVD set now and it was Batman and the Ninja Turtles. Yes. Have you watched this yet? Oh, not yet. yet. I wanted to get it. Um, I haven't been able to get that one yet, and it's not on the DC streaming app yet either. But it's still under Bruce Tim as like the producer of all this stuff. I believe so. Um, not exactly too sure. Can you look that up? I love this question. Uh, Batman and the Ninja Turtles new animated DVD movie. 
uh, straight to release. But I know it's based off the comics. Warner Brothers Animation. That's um, a IDW did. I uh, like DC and IDW partnered up and they did a, which I've heard nothing but good things about uh, Batman and Turtle crossovers. Really? I did see a clip of it. Um, it was. I believe it was Batman versus the Shredder. I saw that and too. It was pretty cool. It's, like, just, it's, there's not a whole lot to even be said about that. Yeah. But, but here's the thing though, it's like you think it's like, oh, this is gonna be for kids until Shredder plants a shuriken in someone's forehead. Yeah, well No, it's like you see that in like blood going everywhere. Ninja Turtles like, back in the day was not a lot of kids though. Oh I know. It was not, not, no. Kids can take a lot more today. They can't well they can take a shuriken to the head. Can they? Yeah. They're just okay. Here's another one I can. They're pretty. Uh, Scott, the next time we come over to your house, uh, you just might want to get Noah prepared. We got some experimentation to do. Yeah, we got to see how tough. Yeah. He's black belt now. If they survive. Like, what if he catches it with his teeth? You know, like, we all run away. Yeah, just get out there. I do have shirt and some batteries. Ronnie, what was your question about Batman vs. TV Yeah, uh, Who was the producers of that? Is, is, that, still, is that still Bruce Tim doing the Warner Brothers animation lot? see. Uh, uh, production companies, Nickelodeon, Warner Brothers Animation, Warner Home okay, so Video, DC Entertainment Incorporated. Okay, so it's partnered up. Okay. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, have you seen these DC animated movies? I mean, um... I've seen a few of the movies, uh, the older ones. I haven't seen many of the newer ones. Most of the my knowledge from the DC side of comic books actually comes from uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Oh, no, but oh, have you seen man. the straight renditions of storylines? I mean, they have like The Dark Knight Returns. It's it's split in two parts as a DC. Oh, movie. I have seen that. I've seen that. That's fantastic. When he's sitting there beating the crud out of the mutant boss, mm -hmm. and he's like, "This is my operating room, and I'm a surgeon, and I'm gonna surgically, surgeon, beat, 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 yeah. because yeah. there's a lot of cussing he does there." Or when uh, when the Joker uh, does the thing he does, uh, right with background. Well, no, I wasn't thinking that. that. I was thinking like they had that one when he uh, basically. I don't want to give away spoilers here. Oh, spoilers alert! If you're yeah, watching spoilers. our show, yeah, uh, you're going to get spoiled on a lot of spoilers. I mean, yeah, ensuing episodes are going to be a lot about us talking about what we like. And well, like when he essentially commits suicide. Right. How he does. Oh, oh, that was yeah, yeah. That was when he breaks his own neck and everything. Yeah. I gotta say, it's like the guy that did the voice for him that was absolutely terrifying. He did a good job. Yeah, he was, uh, I know it's the guy from Lost and Personal of Interest. Sorry, the name escapes me right Oh, now. I know who you're talking about. Um, I don't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. Well, there we go. Got we have an idea of what we're all talking about. Oh, we got a guy, we got a guy. He's gonna look up the name yeah. of the guy. We gotta keep the guy busy, because what did the guy just Dark say? Dark Knight Returns, uh, look up the voice actor for the Joker. The Good Joker, place. or was it? What, who did he play in Lost? He was he played, uh, uh, Michael, I think. Michael, Michael, or Michael. Michael. <laughs> We're not talking about the guy that used to be on like Party of Five, are we? No. No. No, I thought you were talking about the guy with the glasses. Yes. Are we yes, talking about the guy that was in Memory Origins? Yeah. I can't remember his name. I don't remember it either. Linus. 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 Is he? Linus. Is he the guy with the, the, the British accent? No, it's the guy with the really big eyes. He's, a, he has he, he's in person of interest. He knows who's lost now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh! Oh, you're talking about the guy behind the computer. Yeah. It's always like hacking into stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, Henry Cavill, uh, go kill this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was the Joker. Yeah, that was him. I had no clue. Kind of like Mark Hamill. Yeah, I know. Who knew for years that he was the Joker on the animated series? I knew. I had never caught on to that. In fact, uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, Mark Hamill's really big right now again, which is great. I love Mark Hamill. Good for you, Mark. Uh, but he did like a kind of a Michael faux documentary. Uh, That's what I was saying was Michael's oh, actual book. Thank movie. you. Have you ever seen that? Comic book, the movie. Have you I seen have it? not. Mark Hamill. I think I'm right about this. Uh, but he did like kind of like a, um, it was like a documentary, but it was more like a Christopher Guest kind of documentary. Yeah. It wasn't. See, for me, movies that I remembered him from, there's this old movie, and you may know what I'm talking about. I had Mark Hamill in it, maybe five minutes. It was called The Guyver. Of course I remember The Guyver. Oh, man. It's just such a good movie. And of course, the the alien armor attaches to this kid, blades grow out of his elbows, he starts killing monsters galore. I'm aware of it. I just haven't seen it. Just awesome. But it had Mark Hamill, so that's why I got got into it, because it was like sci-fi channels, and this movie's coming up, starring Mark Hamill. What about like Corvette Summer, if you watch that? Yeah. Corvette Summer, starring Mark Hamill. Oh, yeah, yeah it's right after Star Wars, I think. Really? I don't know. I, I remember him in that really funny version of the Jay and Silent Bob movie, where he was the... He was the... Yeah. I the don't... Cockknocker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the big fist. I remember that. <laughs> Well, he was also in that Flash uh, yeah. TV series in the 90s. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and one, he right? reprised his role um, in the current Flash. Mm-hmm. But was he in a movie called Slipstream? I feel like it's a science fiction movie. I don't know who was in that. Not sure. Can you look that up? Slipstream person? Yeah. And I feel like person. we're giving him a lot of work to do today. Oh, you just sitting there. I feel like he thought, you know, once my brainchild is born <laughs> and I put these guys in front of the camera, Tony's automatic lust for starlight will yeah. just carry this through and yet my fingers are bleeding because I'm looking up so much stuff for Slipstream 1989. Yeah. Mark Hamill on that? Yes, Mark Hamill on that. Ah, my memory. He played Casper. See, you were in. Oh, I knew it. Corvette Summer, Slipstream, all fantastic movies. Got the Giver. Uh, and then the comic book, the movie. Go have a Mark Hamill Mark day. Mark Hamill day. The next yeah. time uh, May 4th comes around, instead of just doing what all your friends are doing, watching all of the Star Wars movies, just watch the original three, and then watch Corvette Summers. Slipstream. Slipstream. Guyver. Good luck with that. You probably have to, you know, go ahead and get that off Amazon. And I think comic book the movie, too. Check yeah. that out. Comic book the movie. I mean, I've been pretty good with my memories track record, so I'm going to go. He's not in Guyver 2, though. No, he's not. Yeah, but that one, that you can get digital. Mark Hamill was in comic with the movie as well. Uh, I think he like he produced it. Like it's it's his baby. I think I think he did all. Uh, yeah, director. Director. He's also listed as director. He's actor. Mark, look, see, we're learning things about this guy. Yeah, it's comic. I gotta look this up. This is amazing stuff. We're learning here. We came to educate. What did we do? We learned. I want to watch because that's what happens when you join minds together. Assimilate knowledge and you learn things. And what's the point of life if not learning from each other, from literature, from everything that we do, everything that we see? And I think that's one of the biggest things for me about comic books was I always found, uh, aside from learning about 
theoretical physics. Uh, different things that I never would have been introduced to because I never would have gone to college, uh, still haven't. And uh, different languages. I remember the first time I saw this little blue elf poof onto, his, onto a panel, and he says, my God. You know, and it's like, well, what does that mean? I've got to go ask my stepdad, hey, Bill, what does mine got mean? Well, sit down, boy, and I'm going to educate you on the German language. And I got a whole lot of education from him on the German language. Now, granted, you know, the comic book was just a segue to talk to my stepdad, and then for him to educate me about a lot of things that he knows. But you learn those little things. Like I'm on the phone today, call this lady, hey, I'm going to come uh, come by your house, got to do some service on your lawn. I just wanted to let you know she's from Moscow. She's a very strong Russian accent. So we're hanging out, and she says, well, you have a good day. And I said, don't And I'm not. Why not? Why not do some things like that? And I think that that's what enriched my life. There was this horrible crackpot of a psychotherapist back in the 80s and 70s and 80s who released a document saying that if your children were reading comic books, it was breaking down their mental synapses until they would no longer be functioning adults. They were retarded to <laughs> their youth. Is this the origin of the comic book code? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things came out because of this guy, but that guy literally put out a very well-renowned paper saying that comic books were just horrible. Um, and much like any other propaganda device that's ever come out and been full of crap, um, yeah. it caught wind and people started looking at things differently. Oh, that's horrible. You're showing like your kelp, but you're sitting on a reading that comic book. His mouth was bright, you know? And so everybody caught on to it until there was like a stigmatism to it. Now, for me, growing up in high school, it was me, back corner of the class, comic book in the textbook. Classic. Yeah, oh yeah, and drawing a picture, you know, like, I got a lot of my drawing done in school. Oh yeah, yeah, my notebooks yeah. were full of doodles. Oh yeah, thanks Coach Reed, because your algebra class was amazing. Um, I didn't learn a lot of algebra, but I got a lot of art done, and you gave me some positive critiques on that, and I was like that. <laughs> he always told me, hey, why are their hands always like this? Maybe you should turn this way. You know, it seems a little bit more natural. What if they did that? What if they weren't going to punch somebody? Yeah, always a little. Thing. He always tested me. It was like, you know what, Country? You're awesome. Bartlett High School, Country. Look him up. Great guy. Your style, just always like this. Yeah, but I didn't want to grow up to be a Layfield. Yeah. Oh no. I didn't. Come on, that's. I'm awesome. sorry, Layfield. I don't. I just didn't want to. You can do that. He chooses not to. <laughs> he strongly chooses not to, and it's like, okay. I I, I, I mean, I, I all of his characters have to do this way because their ankles are all tiny. That 90s kind of flair, dynamic flair, you know, and um, you know, I understand where people are coming from on uh, Rob, but uh, I love his work. Uh, they, I just don't see why he had to. Okay, now, at the end of the day, to me, okay, Image Comics, if you just want to break into that for a second, okay, one of the greatest things that happened in the 90s when you were pretty young, when I was pretty young, mm -hmm. you were probably a little bit older, oh, still and Vietnam, yeah. Um, but you probably came back from Vietnam. You were looking for something a little unique to get into. And something flashy. Yeah. You know, something to distract me from, you know, the PTSD. Exactly, exactly. So, in all due respect to actual veterans. But, when you picked up Image Comics, to me, Jim Lee stuff. Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane, they're what got everything. 
I really believe that. I mean, it was just, it was Spawn and the Wildcats, man. Wildcats, oh man, that was a fun cartoon too. Now Larson with Savage Dragon, that was really good too. It was just a little bit more quirky. I like Larson's style. I wasn't in the mood for quirky at that time in my life. I was in the mood for serious utility belts, pouches everywhere. Give me some more pouches. Well, there Rob Black up for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked his idea to invent the pouch, and he that the was pouch. he invented the pouch for everybody to wear. But then you know, yeah, other people did pouches. You know, like, everybody just did it better, and that's okay. I don't, you know what? Thank you for wanting to mock, you know, Destro. And give it pouches. That's great. I, I appreciate that about him. I like Deadpool drawn by other people. It's nothing personally against him. It's not an attack. I'm not saying he's a horrible human being. I'm not. He's pretty nice. He seems like an okay guy. I just, I have different styles in mind when I want to look at something. Greg Capullo. Uh, Jim Lee, those are guys that I want to see their dynamic work. Greg, Greg Capolo is like more of an illustrator, you know, uh, he's really talented. Uh, His panel work is extreme. Yeah. It's so extreme. Uh, he had an issue where you It's not technically extreme, that's Rob Black Bell's. Right. Black no, yeah. Uh, Greg Capolo is, is technically just an extreme individual. Yeah. He is out there in his talent and his ability to bend your eye towards panel structure, towards linear storytelling. It's just, it's fantastic. I've never seen anybody else use shadow and work the way that he has. And that's he just- He approaches it like an illustration function. He does, he does. He's just top notch in my opinion. There aren't many people that, the way that he did Spawn, the way that he did Batman, um, he's just, you know, I kind of want to leave it there. I kind of want to say that Greg Capullo today is going, we're going to, each episode we're going to have a hero of the episode. And I'm just dictated that Greg Capullo is the hero of this <laughs> episode. Dictated. I dictated yeah. that. Yeah. This yeah. is a tyranny. Um, that's why I get a special <laughs> chair and you get no, to be I comfortable. That, I thought we were going to like No, no, I keep point. you comfortable. If you want to sit here next time, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens when John McClay sits in the hot seat. But if you want to find out, you have to come back at the same turn the page time on the same turn the page channel. And remember that this is a Saturday Night Gaming production. And like, subscribe, share with your grandmother, and coerce all of your friends to tune in. Check it out. Give us a try. You'll fall in love with us. We're like barnacles. We will grow on you. And until next time, true believers, keep reading, keep loving, and keep living. Thank you for joining us.